Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Ishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Judea to the world. You're a part of it, wherever you are. Today's show is season 2022, episode 4, and welcome to Maka Fleischer. Hello. Shalom. I'm using my Russian accent because here we are in is Siberia. That's right, because it Sib- is Israel. It is it is ensconced in snow, are we? We uh, got a good snow. We got a great snow, and right now the kids are, are on a full on snow day. Yeah, we did okay. So we did a lot of things. First the parents had to go out in the snow. As I recall, my parents barely ever went out with me whenever I had snow as a child. They just sent you outside and you have to go out in the snow. Right. But now in this generation, the parents have to also go out. Right. So we went out in the snow. We did some serious snowballing. Got out some, you know, I don't know co- if you understand. Corona in family, era aggression. In our family, like it's a it's a half an hour at least of like whipping snowballs at one another out there. Yeah, at least. And 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 Leia's developed this new technique of of these giant snowballs where she like just walks up to you while you don't even notice it with this thing and it just like snow patch. Yeah. And then you also whipped me in the face quite I got a few you. times. Yeah, I, I was very happy with my aim yesterday. Yes. That's the truth. Yes, I, I was feeling really good about that. I felt yes. worthy. Yes. You're quite wily. Thanks. And it was fun. And then we, you actually don't get so cold cause you're running around. Right. And that's really fun. And the whole country of course was, caught up in the prediction game is it going to snow is it not going to snow right. google said no snow right google slash our friend has alexa in their house yeah i, I think don't i don't the man doesn't want us to have yeah. any fun but the, the truth is is that is that what what people kind of don't know is that since this country uh is very small yet at the same time has very different uh climate regions we here in Etzion really do get some serious snow we actually get real snow. And so what happened was, is that like Jerusalem, they got snow. And other places, they got some snow. But they got like a dusting and, and it's a little bit of fun. It's just a, and it's just like a, you know, a centimeter. Here, we're talking about four inches of, four or five inches of, yeah. of real we got, snow. We got inches of snow. And it was it's really still out fun. there. It's, it's still, still out, out there. Right Although now. I was happy for Jerusalem. Because Jerusalem didn't have to get any snow and Jerusalem also got snow. Right. But it's funny because from here, you can like see Jerusalem basically. And it's like right there. And yet... Here we get snow, and there they don't necessarily get snow. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I have a whole system of we, things we are, that we have to do. We are at a thousand meters plus. We're the high mountains. Is that true? No, we're not a thousand meters. Yeah, we're. I think we're, we're nine hundred something. It's like nine ninety eight, that type of thing. It's like that's basically the thousand. The thousand meter club is here. Okay, the the mile high club. Yeah. The kilometer high club, and so so we're up in the mountains here. Um, and uh, you 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 love being a mountain Jew, am I right? Yeah, I like the weather. I like the weather out here. Yeah. I like the cool, clear air. I like that it's like colder than other places. Your skin is looking very good right now. Is okay. it? Because you. Really I think it's the reflection off the snow. It's the the white. No, I actually of think me and the snow. Oh, is that it? No, I I, I think it's getting whipped in the face. With oh, with snowballs. The it's very bracing. It's it, it is, and then for the skin, and also what's the other word that they use when you clean your skin? Soapy? No, vapor exacerbating, evaporating. Oh, exfoliating. Exfoliating. <laughs> that was very good. Yeah. yeah. So good job with the with the with the beauty terms. Yeah. 
So we so we had a few things that we have to do for snow day. I was prepared because the Israeli weather forecasters have been talking for like a week and a half about the possibility of snow. And of course, Google and Alexa trying to trample all of our fun with not predicting any snow. But I did go out and get the most important Israeli candy bar called Mekupelet. Um, in, in England, they have a similar candy bar. It's called Flake. Mm. And it's a good kind of crunchy, crumbly chocolate bar. It's like a twisted... Imagine imagine if chocolate grew like a root. Yeah, it's like a tree bark. It's like, yeah, it's it's a twi- twisted milk chocolate. And it, and it lends itself very much to enchocament. making. It becomes a good chocolate Yeah, milk. it's a good hot cocoa. Right, it's like a soft, it's so soft. I got the marshmallows, I got the chocolate. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the kids, they are very grateful for the cocoa. They look forward to it every year. But at the same time, it's gotten to a place where they kind of expect it every year. So they give you the face that's like, are you going to be a good parent? <laughs> or well, that's, am I that's, in an orphanage? That's because you are, you are partially a, a spoiler. I maybe I spoil that. I like to make little traditions, but then when you make traditions, you become beholden to them yeah. also because that's what a tradition is. Right. So it works both ways. Like on the other hand, they were like so happy, right? Because yet another year, and here comes. I only make it when it snows. Like rain does not count. No. No cocoa. No, in the rain. Unless no. faux snow. Okay. Yeah, that's that's, right. that's like how you get the cocoa. Yeah. So I made the cocoa. They were so happy. I, for, I forgot to mention that when you were throwing the uh, the snowballs yesterday with such accuracy, yeah. you also had this like American Indian <laughs> yell that, that, that it came, came out of it. nowhere. Yeah, I was like, oh, la, 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 la. I thought I was getting scalped. And that's why we called you Snowcahontas. <laughs> okay. And it was it was quite. Uh, well, you were you were the last of the Snowheekins. Yeah. <laughs> yes dancing with snow anyway so it was it was it was pretty intense but yeah you've you've created these um snow traditions. i also made pancakes this morning but that's the thing about living in the in in Gush Etzion is that you actually get snow right i love that, that i is, do love that that is and like we've a had big two one. big snows in a row like last, last year, year we also yeah. had a big snow yeah. that stuff is unusual so that's really cool maybe it is the climate change Whatever. Anyway, I think I think snow has been uh, falling here forever. Uh, I think in the winter. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that is, our commentary is so good today. Yeah, we're sharp, like a like a snowball. I think we're well. We ate ravioli also for lunch, so we're all carb. That out. was a mistake. I am I'm completely asleep. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we're having a, a good time out here. Um, kids uh, of all ages are getting to to enjoy a little bit of uh, a snow treat. It's been a little bit of a hard few weeks here mm-hmm. in Israel, of course, uh, because of like all the COVID ups and downs and the um, there's like still just so much talk about what kind of restrictions there will be and there will not be. Um, and people were, you know, different people are worried about different things. Some people are worried about becoming sick and some people are not at all worried about becoming sick, but they're concerned about their personal freedoms being trampled. And we were sick last week. We were sick. We uh, had the Rona. And I've only lost like 10 IQ points, really, uh, from that. So I'm, I'm really you okay. You did not have 10 IQ points to spare. I, I that was, is, that I is wasn't, catastrophic. Yeah. No, it's not catastrophic. I'm, life is just simpler. That's all. <laughs> just, I'm less able to be concerned. You know, but truthfully, Yishai, Baruch Hashem, we were very blessed. I really feel we were, like, we can, we can kind of gristle and moan about the, uh, you know, little, like, things that we suffered as a result of covid but the truth is that we did covid right and you know people 
were waiting two years in terror about like what's going to happen to them if this thing happens to them. And then we just went through COVID and all you had to pay was 10 measly little IQ points. You got so many, Shai. You just, what is that even, you can't yeah. even feel it. Yeah, I, I can feel it. I, I, I can feel it. I feel definitely a little bit dumber, but I'm also happy to be alive. Um, yeah, and, and that's it. So so COVID was last week. Uh, I also managed um, in the last few weeks to have really irked the global anti-Israel lefties Plus the inner, uh, like, um, what, are the, what do you want to call them? Like inner, our, our inner Jewish, inside Israel and inner Jewish uh, appeasers and all that. I've managed to irk them twice. So I had the whole tutu thing. Yes, the Desmond tutu. And you had your article published in Macquarie Shon, big right. Israeli so, newspaper. Right, so, I, so, I, so I, I tweeted against tutu and I wrote a big article right. and, and it got published inside the, one of the most important newspapers in Israel, which is called Macquarie Shon, which is really fun for me. And it just popped up on the internet as well. And I'll be sending out, if anybody wants to read a Hebrew article, I'll send it out uh, in my email. Um, it, but the, on Twitter, you know, like I wrote against Tutu. So like the whole world, the whole like lefty world who couldn't believe that like St. Tutu uh, was to be even sp- if I could even say, uh, speak the word Tutu without without, you know, right, fall, without falling down. And, what a great, incredible, righteous tzaddik right, he was. And just explaining who he really was and not only explaining who he was in terms of plain anti-Semitism, but my article really focused on the more sophisticated anti-Semitism, which was... Um, his ability to uh, place onto Israel to to uh, tag impose. what's that impose impose see the IQ Super thing impose. yeah um, that's not the right word either see the the IQ yep. thing the IQ plus it's very mm. dark here now because right. it looks like it wants to some kind of precipitate yeah. Again, so maybe it'll slush, or maybe it'll snow, or maybe it'll just rain. Right, but instead of seeing, but, and then we're full of the carbs and the and the corona. That's right. So, but to, what Tutu was was Im- impued a. Uh, I don't know if impue is a word. I think it is a word. Imbue. No, impune. 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 Is that the word you want? I think so. I hope so. <laughs> anyway, he was able to stick on to us a new brand, a new image, which is the apartheid image. Uh, and since he himself was a fighter of apartheid, he, he came to him very naturally. But he was able to parlay his his uh, experience and and stick onto us this image of Israel as a foreigner, white, uh, colonialist. Uh, the other word is supremacist that they throw out there a lot. And so and so I, I did that. So I I wrote this stuff and yep. I and I and I like I I pointed out what was his great anti-Semitism. So that got the ire of a lot of folks. Then I had that debate with um, Amr Zahir. Amr Zahir, uh, and 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 that was all about like you know pulling out what the anti-Semitism. You were pushing back against a comedian, basically, like a liked person. Right, like a comedian who's a liked person and a lawyer, but a guy who is doing a great job. Of blackening Israel's good right, name, right, and a very, very open anti-Zionist, right, who is against the concept of a Jewish state, right. And then this week, just to add a little bit more, to have a little bit more fun yeah. with folks out there, there was this video that came out about Israeli Jewish so-called settlers, hilltop Jew- people, hilltop people, uh, responding to um, uh, 
these what what seemed to be these just Arabs, Palestinians planting, coming out to plant. Uh, that was in, the marketing, right? The in marketing the, on their indigenous right. land, right? And there was on their on their land, and there was like rabbis for human rights and that kind of thing. There were a group of people there, and suddenly you see this like swarm of like scary looking Jews, Jews coming down after mountain with sticks, whacking people, and then having a, a bag of gasoline, pouring it on a car and lighting it a fire. Okay, and like the world was like, <gasps> see, settler violence is just absolutely reprehensible. And then, and then, so of course, which you is, have which is fine. But then you have the Hasbara people, right? Who are like, are like, these are not us, right? This is not what we represent. And I was like, look, I was I was not defending the violence per se. At no point did I defend the violence per se. But what I said was like. Just take it in context. Understand what's going on around here. First thing, do this, you know what the actual story right. is? The the video was submitted to the news people by the left wing organization. Right. So that's the first thing is that the people who are presenting you this video are people a clip. A clip. There are people who very much want to blacken our name. People who have editing capabilities. Also. Right. Okay, so that's that's one. It's their clip. And second thing is that what they're not showing you more than anything, first of all, we don't even know who the identities of these people are exactly or what's going on there. So before you even jump to conclusions, just hold off. And and before you like need to and this is where where I where I got a little a little more aggressive, as I said, before you need to like do your virtue signaling to be like, No, 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 that's not us. We don't we're against that. We're more moral than that. I'm like, do you know what the situation is uh, out there? There is daily Terror, encroachment, land theft, bullying. It's happening all over the country. It's happening in the Negev with land takeover. It's happening to Jewish farmers who are paying protection money to Bedouins. It's happening with mafia money. Mafia money. It's happening to lefty with lefty groups that are that are every day pushing, going onto other to to Jewish land, scaring families. Uh, 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 I myself, I myself, just just to be sure, planted plants, and the next day they were all uprooted, ripped out of the right. ground. So, uh, and I'm talking here in Gushetzans. The bottom line is, is that is that these people are facing a daily aggression. And provocation, because part of what the what the uh, result movie was 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 a uh, hoped for response, so that it could be captured on video, so that they could be a a global uh, uh, um, media campaign to besmirched the, the name of the so-called settlers by calling them violent settler violence, and you had immediately the reaction of some of our progressive. Um, uh, 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 Knesset members and ministers um, speaking against the Jews of Judea and Samaria, right? And so, and so, the point was is that this is what was all highly orchestrated. And all I said was, I'm not going to be part of it. I didn't say that I was pro the violence. I didn't say that. I said I You're am not going to step in to talk about how bad they are. Right. I'm not going to step in. And also, I am going to remind people about the heroic nature of these people in this generation to hold on to these hilltops, to push back on, on Palestinian terrorism, right. to push back on the left. And I'm going to be like, that is what I know about this thing. And everybody's like, you know, um, you're just as bad as them and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm like, there is Jewish people holding on to Jewish land and there's terrorism that's trying to get rid of them. Also, I think that I think especially in the English speaking world. You have a lot of people who like are really locked into the English speaking media and the English speaking media. You have like Times of Israel, Haaretz. These are really high quality news 
organizations that are just running with stories and they, they do features and all that stuff. And the world of English speaking uh, media out of Israel is such that you end up being exposed to a lot of the like left leaning stuff, even more than the right leaning stuff. I, I think you're I think you're unnecessarily saying it too softly. Times of Israel and Haaretz are hard left news reporting. Right. And but I'm saying and they also manage to not hard left, quite left. No, Haaretz yeah. is harder left than than Times of Israel. That's why Times of Israel is worse. Because they are, because uh, I don't know that is why they are worse. Because they are the because they present a left slant. When I say left, these words are meaningless. They present an anti-Judean Samaria slant, and they present as though you know Palestinians have more rights and are constantly under attack. That business, right? But that's not really what I wanted to. to that's not the point I really wanted to make. The point I really wanted to make is that they don't exactly report on like the problems Jews are having. Meaning to say, like they'll they'll end up reporting on like what Palestinians will come to them with and complain about, and then they'll report that. But, but the Jewish issues that are going on in Israel, the security issues, they somehow don't exactly make it to the news at the, on the same level. Right. And so you can't really get the information. And so you have these these like influencer types, these like Hasbara types in English who are who have like 25,000, 30,000, 40,000, 50,000 followers on on Facebook, on Twitter, and they're reading like a few handful of English speaking media, and that's where they get their news. Like for example, wait, Ishai, wait, wait, did you there, know there, wait, there's one more point, which is a lot of these yeah. Anglo influencers yeah. don't really know They don't know what's what's going on. That's what I'm saying. It's not it's not even a um, like some kind of traitorness or something where they don't like support their own. It's right. not even that necessarily. It's that they literally don't know. And then they oftentimes don't even live in Judea and Samaria themselves. They live in like very centralized places and they're just not exposed. For example, like uh, Isha, I don't know if you know, but uh, one of your like, one of the people that you in some ways kind of admire, Yoav Galant, um, who was a big army hero kind of in israel he was the head of the uh naval uh, special forces frogman unit for many years and uh just was involved in almost all the seafaring anti-terror operations right so politically we don't always see eye to eye with him but he definitely um had skin in the game when it comes to israeli security and he just gave a speech recently and he was he basically i'll boil it all down to this he's like we're about to lose control in the negev we have a Bedouin situation. It flared up with this Tubishvat, Karen Kayem at Israel um, tree planting thing where Karen Kayem at Israel, the Jewish National Fund, wanted to come and plant some trees in the Negev for, for Tubishvat, which is our New Year of the Trees we just had. And the Bedouin nation down there just like flipped out and they were like, this is our land and you can't plant your trees here and you're this is a political provocation and this is like you trying to Judaize the Negev right. and this is not your place, this is our place. And there was rioting and all kinds of violence. Uh, in the meantime, for years and years and years, the army um, apparatus in the Negev has dealt with just like bold faced theft and black market, all kinds of darkness that's going on in the Negev, trading in IDF gear that they steal, that they all kinds of crazy stuff that's going on down there. And basically, they're using. They're using. He's like, we're about to lose control. They're now, using army 
lands, uh, firing ranges, right. as places to grow illegal drugs. It's just, it's just so crazy pants. So when you talk about what's going on in the hilltops, you can't divest it from what's going on in the Negev. There is a situation, there's a general security situation in Israel where the security people are made to feel that they cannot do security things, that it will just cause political flare-ups. So the political people are controlling the security people. And the security people can't do what they need to do. And so a lot of things just like run amok. And so you have these like hilltops people. Now, I didn't see, like I saw the little clip of the little video. Um, but like the larger context, I don't know. I really don't know how it came to be that these people felt the need to uh, conduct violence. Maybe it's justified. Maybe it's not justified. I don't know. But you have this brand of people that's like, look, no one's coming to help us. And we live on these hilltops. We do it out of ideology and we are ready to like put ourselves and our kids on the line. We're ready to live uncomfortably in order to hold on to these little places in the land of Israel in hopes that they will grow a little bit, grow a little bit, grow a little bit, become bigger places in the land of Israel. And this will help the cause of the Jewish people in the land of Israel. And that is like real Zionism. That's right. So you have these people who are like, listen, we're actually real Zionists. Plus, we're we're kind of angry. We're angry at the security apparatus for being lame. We're angry at the Arabs for daring to like threaten us here in our own land. And we're just not going to stand for it. So they come out with their own sticks, right? And this became an issue also um, some months ago in Lod, right? Where people in Lod and in Akko were dealing with um, violence in the streets being threatened by their neighbors. And they came out with their own defense. Well, I'm glad and they're you like, mentioned- we have to defend ourselves because we don't want to die. I'm glad we want to live load. and we don't want to give up load and we don't want to give up Akko and we believe in Zionism. We're, we're going to stay here out of our own personal interest and out of our patriotism and out of our faith also. And then those people were also, there was a major, major question mark hanging over the country. Is this good? Is this bad? Should people be defending themselves or do you leave this to law enforcement? You know, leave it to leave it to the police to conduct um, security. In the meantime, police running out, like literally running away from from dangerous security situations, partially because they're not taught to be brave anymore and partially because they're taught that if they will do something that if they will do something ever so slightly wrong, they will end up in jail and people don't want to go to jail. Yes. And Jews have lives to live. They have children to raise and they don't want to sit in jail. And there's also plain corruption, which is sometimes right. sometimes when you have when you have mob bosses in those kind of cities that can buy out police police force. Anyway, bottom line, bottom line is I want I want to move on. Malka. Bottom line is that what I did on Twitter. Yeah. Thank you for backing me up. Was just to be like, hey, look at the bigger picture. Right. There's a, as what you're pointing out to. There's right. Some, and if these people were just being thugs, then no one's allowed to just be a thug. But we don't know. Well, it's more than we don't know. We know what they're... Uh, no, let's be real. They are facing this daily attack, incursion, terrorism, fear-mongering, bullying. And that land is what... Theft. Land theft. And we are facing that on, on a big scale here in Israel. And in fact... These folks, even if they committed this violence, are the heroes, the brave ones, the strong ones, the ones that are holding on to the land for all of us in a time where our country is acting a bit uh, 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 sissy-ish, right? In any case, so that's that's how I got the uh, – that was a lot of fun. So two weeks in a row, I got to be like one of the most hated people. That's uh, so weird. 
I know it was. I don't think of you as. Well, that's that's my. You're other, not really so extreme. I, exactly. A, I'm not so extreme, and B, I'm also uh, quite lovable. So, but really. I'm saying people try to make Maka, it out to I be. I said I'm quite lovable. Yes, really. you sure are, okay, Yishai. Okay. Okay. Remember, but I'm Maka, saying like it's not right show. that people try here, to right? try to like make your views out to be some kind of extremist views. It's not. It's it's such a nasty label. It's such a it's such a gaslighting labeling. That was going. That's the word I was looking for before. before instead of impugn, uh, just label. That would have been fine. Anyway, let's go on, no, sweetheart. But it's not. I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm not happy with this. Like to label strong Zionism uh, as extremism is so destructive. Th- we should write that on Twitter, by the way. Labeling strong Zionism as uh, as it's extremism, extremism and supremacism is. Uh, but they're doing it on purpose. And in fact, in the next half uh, of the show, we're going to have Masha Merkulova from uh, uh, Club Z talking about how to address these libels uh, when talking with the next generation and bring up a next generation of young Zionists. That's going to be a lot of fun. Club Z's is up next. Before we go to that, I want to thank all the folks that make this show happen. First amongst them is the Israel Bible, the Israel Bible, which is a really neat product. Uh, the Israel Bible, uh, neat. If you think the Bible is good, then it's delivered to you with a beautiful cover, a book that you could put on your shelf and everybody will be like, what is that? Uh, at the same time with great English, great Hebrew font, uh, transliterated parts and commentaries specifically about the land of Israel, edited together by the great Rabbi Tully Weiss. Uh, great stuff, part of the Israel 365 family. Go to the, T-H-E, the Israel Bible and put on code, coupon code Yishai because I have made it to the point in my life that I could get you a coupon to buy a Bible. Okay, there you go. <laughs> and so I know I'm very happy about that. Theisraelbible.com and then put on co- coupon code Yishai, get 10% off. Thank God for that. And thank you for sponsoring the show. And then our good friends at Prohibition Pickle who are very soon... Brought you the salami. That's right. What happened was is that on last week's show, last week's show, uh, in an emotional outburst, I said, <laughs> if only my friend Chaim would come with some Prohibition Pickle and bring some... Uh, some some salami. salami and vodka. Knock, knock, knock. Yeah, unbelievable. What a tzaddik. There he was, and he brought, not only did he bring salami, which was great. Shaped like a rose. Yeah, shaped salami, man. I mean, salami by any other name. You know what I mean? And and it was just, uh, it was it was fabulous. But he also brought a small bottle of, of vodka, you know, the kind so that- So nice, a little Smirnoff. Yeah, shaped like that a- was just, yeah. That was such a nice touch. There, there was a nice touch, and it really actually- yeah, it actually made, 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 it, it made the Shabbos. It made that Shabbos. It made the Shabbos. Uh, here comes some of our kids uh, from Coming the outside. Coming in out of the slush. Why are they so I think it soaked? rained. Uh, it's barating out there. Okay, that, that, that means it's, uh, they, oh my God, Maka, they are totally soaked. I've never seen this. One of them wears glasses, but I can't see his eyes because he's, he's all fogged, fogged up. up. Okay, uh, so, okay, that's awesome. Uh, so the show is sponsored That's by Prohibition Pickle. It's sponsored by the Israel Bible. Also, JewishPress.com puts out our show. It puts out a lot of their one of the only English language and news media outlets that's writing about the violence that Jews face. Uh, that's right. JewishPress.com. So good. What an important perspective they purvey in their news. That's right. Purvey? Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't know if you could use it that way. But Why? okay. I, just don't, I don't know. But it's the IQ thing again. Yeah, our words are not Yeah, blah, there. blah, blah. I and like then, Coke. <laughs> I like Coke. I like Diet Coke. Okay. <laughs> And so uh, that, that was, of course, famous of uh, George Bush, George W. Bush quote. Uh, and then also I want to thank Yochevet Seidman, Moshe Herman, Ben Bresky, Tabitha, and Lou for helping make the show happen. 
and of course, I want to thank the Hebron Fund for protecting the Jewish community of Hebron by strengthening it. When you support the Hebron Fund, you are actually supporting the land of Ab- the land that Abraham purchased, the land of Ramavino, and also pushing out the 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 message of uh, the forefathers and mothers. So. Uh, there's a lot of folks that are part of our great show, and you're part of our great show. Please write me an email. And I want to thank uh, some more folks that uh, have, in the last few days, uh, bought me a cup of coffee. And uh, Gabor bought me five cups of coffee and wrote, Hi, Ishai, listened to your podcast yesterday and heard about you and Malka going through Omicron. May the Almighty keep you guys safe and hope to see you and get well soon. Shalom from Norway. Wow. I got a coffee from coffee from Norway. <laughs> that is so cool. Very and nice. When there are Norwegians who, who love Israel, that just makes me feel so good. I love I love I love all people who love Israel. Um I, I have a very simple rule by the way, love those who love you. Okay. It's right. actually like a biblical commandment that's not written in the that's Bible. Nice. Which is try to love people like if you want to know who to love, love the people who love you. I know it sounds very, very trite, but I've actually learned that that's very important in this world. That's nice. Uh, and so, but especially from places that generally hate you, like Norway, and then you have uh, Gabor here sending shalom There's from Norway. There's great people all over the there world, certainly Yishai, are, and you cannot are. pigeonhole. No, you cannot, absolutely. You cannot we pigeonhole. We have friends in Ireland. We have friends, friends in Norway. All over the we, place. we have friends in every place. Saudi friends, That's Emirati right. friends. Nachon, nachon. I met, I met Palestin- Indian friends Palestinian and Pakistani friends. friends. That's right. Palestinian absolutely, absolutely, friends. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've got Lebanese a fr- friends, I've, I've Syrian got a friends, friend. Egyptian friends. I've got a Palestinian friend friends. who works for the Hebron Waqf, the Islamic Trust, and he's on our side. Well, and, and you never you, know. And the guy you would never be able to tell. I can't I can't say anymore because I could You don't want anyone to be endangered. All right, folks. So here is Masha. Uh, from Club Z explaining uh, not only why uh, Jews, uh, we have to teach the next generation of strong Jews, but also uh, the influence of Russian Jews on, uh, on, on creating a narrative for young American Jews. Here we go. Actually, before that, let me say, let me let you go, Malkin. Wish you a Shabbat Shalom. Yes, Thank you Shabbat so much for shalom. joining me. And it was fun throwing snowballs right in your face. That's right. That's right. And thank God we're feeling better from COVID. Everybody else should feel better from COVID. And Baruch Hashem that our kids can go back to school. And hopefully everyone's kids will go back to school Amen. without restrictions and without fear of any kind of plagues hitting them or bullying or anything bad happening to their kids. And hopefully it'll just be a nice winter for everybody and we'll all be happy and healthy. Maka, thank you very much. And thank you for being part of the show. Uh, right now, Masha uh, from Club Z. And then afterwards... Torah, Table Torah with me uh, talking about Parshat Mishpatim uh, with fabulous and interesting things that the Torah tells us about how to live our life uh, and, and God's recipe for, for, for eternity. That's what it is, God's recipe for eternity. Malka Fleischer, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. All right, folks. Yishai Fleischer here, and we are live broadcasting from Judea. Sorry about my voice a little bit. But that's just because I've been playing out in the snow with the family. It is mucho snowing here in Judea, which is just awesome. It's 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 a gift from Hashem. It feels amazing out there. And my kids and I and Malka were well, you know, Malka especially. She was throwing, lobbing these snowballs right in my face, and I don't know how where she got the. Uh, well, I, I don't know. She was she and she was yelling this like Indian yell as as she was throwing them like la 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 la. la. So I called her Snowcahantas. Uh, because she was really uh, very effective in her war, in her warlike uh, snowballs. 
But for us here in Judea, it's very special to 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 feel this feeling of the snow. It comes maybe once or twice a year, and it's it's going to be snowing all night, and the kids are just excited. It's it's just a big deal around here. You know, Israel is a sunny country. It's a Middle Eastern country, but up here in these uh, thousand meters uh, above sea level, we we get once or twice a year of snow. And it's also very good for the certain plants that grow here, including the olives and the grapes. And that's why some of the wines from these regions of Samaria, Judea and Samaria, uh, are some of the best. And to us, you know, um, a snow event in Judea is very much part of the story of the Jewish people returning to the land of Israel and and living with the wonders uh, of this land, its challenges, the, the beauty of the state of Israel. Uh, and the less than beauty of the state of Israel. It's all part of it. And and sometimes the snow itself is this thing that puts a white coating on everything. And you're like, ah, I could see God's grace. I could see the beauty. I look past things. That, and, and the cold also gives you kind of a, a rebirth. Uh, and for us, every all of these things is organic and just an organic part of Zionism uh, and, and the life in the land of Israel. And we're just living it. But when you're when you're out there, outside of the land of Israel, and you're on in high school, uh, on campus, you could very well be totally, you'll never see the snow of Judea in the sense that you're never seeing the beauty of these things. You're constantly told that your country, Israel, is a bad country. Now, what does that do to a Jewish kid? What does that do to a Jewish kid when, when he's told uh, over and over again that his country is a thief and an occupier and a colonialist I mean, not only does it make you feel like your homeland is not a good one, uh, it, it makes you doubt something about the whole of your identity. Uh, because if you're the country that represents you is not good, then either you want to distance yourself from that country, and you certainly don't want to uh, associate yourself with, with the country's name, which is the name of your peoplehood, like Israel or Judea. That's like, so you don't really want to be Jewish or, or Israeli. And, and that con- contentious word Zionist, that word Zionist, is used by the enemies of Israel as a, as a bludgeon. It's like a bad word. It's like equal to colonialist, that kind of thing. Uh, and of course, uh, for us, for us, the word Zionism is the most beautiful word in the word world. It means the return to Zion, the building of Zion, the building of Jerusalem. It's a it's a biblical sweet name for for Yerushalayim. It's a it's a it's a kind of uh, uh, what's the word Shem Chiba we say in Hebrew, like a, like a like an affectionate name, Zion. So uh, we all know about, we all know more or less that these problems exist, uh, but sometimes there are people who take it upon themselves uh, to fight for these truths uh, and and say enough is enough. A lot of us all are like, oh, this is bad. This is really bad. And then there's a few people amongst us who are like, yeah, this is bad, but this has got to be fought. Uh, and my friend Masha uh, is the founder of Club Z, which is Zionism for teens. Listen to these words, Zionism for teens. These are not uh, simple words at all. Zionism for teens in North America, not just, but but that's mainly where 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 it's uh, where where it's uh, touching young lives. It started in. I'm going to say another thing. I'm going to say Zionism for teens in the San Francisco Bay Area in Northern California. This is the the heart of anti-Israelism. This is the heart of progressive thinking, which is so anathema to, to Jewish rights in Judea and to the word Zionism. And yet exactly in this tough spot is where uh, Masha 
uh, and a dedicated team of people started Club Z, and now it's a national organization that just had a phenomenal conference in Florida with some of Israel's top speakers and pro-Israel speakers. Uh, and so the fight is being fought, and I'm very, very uh, pleased to have Masha Merkulova with us right now. Shalom. Um, shalom, Ishai. Oh, my gosh, it's so wonderful to see you, really. Yes, it's great, it's great to be with you here. It's fun, and I just want to say that my producer, Lou, uh, says it's only raining in Modi'in, but he says he says we look good and sound good. And Lou, I'd love you to give me a sound check for Masha as well. Uh, and we are live, Masha. I want to say to you, you are doing such great work. My introduction was so, you know, what I what I really wanted to say is that it, and how courageous it has been of you to start Clubsy. Why don't we just start first with this word Zionism? Like in some circles, boy, that's like a bad word. And yet you choose very much to use this word when dealing with the teens that you that you engage with. Tell me about that. Well, listen, I mean, that's sort of like the how do you treat something? You, you can't address something if you cannot name it. Club Z, Z stands for Zionism. I want it to be right there in the name and I want it mm -hmm. teens to understand. Right. So this big part of what we do is the Jewish identity work and the. And the Jewish identity work is done through the lens of Zionism, right? We are a people, we're one. Um, but yeah, listen, we have our students who are now being called Zionist supremacists. Right. <laughs> Great. Yes. Yes, I am. I strongly believe or we strongly teach that, you know, Zionism is a Jewish liberation movement. And I'm not going to apologize for it. And our students are... You know they're they're fired by it. They're excited about it. Teenagers love to fight, so let's give them a good fight that they right. can actually be proud to participate in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so I just debated this guy named Amir Zahir, Amir Zahir, uh, and he uh, uses that term supremacism a lot. And just on a on a legal and historical and and plain definitional discussion nationalism is always a type of supremacism, but that's not the right word. It just means uh, a local peoples have self-determination over their lands. And that's called the birth of nations. That's called national self-determination. It means that tribes live in their lands and that they belong to their lands and their lands belong to them. And that's where they have their culture and their, and their calendar uh, and their language and so this term supremacism, it's it's a cudgel. It's just a, it's just the thing they hit you with. But there's nothing supremacist about Japan on the Japanese island or the Hungarians in in in, in Hungary or the French in France. That's that's nationalism. That's there's something beautiful about the return of peoples to their ancestral lands. And and that's that's a that's a big word out there. But but how do your how do your young people, the the young people that Club Z is touching, like how do they do they have they been when they, when they get called these names, like how do they respond to that? How do they know how to be like? It's not it's not supremacism. It's 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 nationalism. That's a beautiful thing, especially in America, especially in in Northwestern the, uh, on the California North. How do you how do you know how to answer these things? Well, listen, we have to remember that we do live in in a progressive society. No matter no matter you know like. Yes, Florida was great. I didn't need to explain to Floridians what, you know, what Zionism is. 
But, um, you know, even the word nationalism, right, has bad connotations. Right. So exactly. a lot of work is done on unpacking what does it mean to be a nation. And this is, you know, this is why Club Z takes, it's a big commitment for anybody to join because we're doing a big job that unfortunately, again, I don't want to be, you know, like, oh, we're doing such a good job and everybody else isn't. But everybody else isn't because if Jews in America still think that Judaism is a religion in 2022, that means we have failed our Jewish education. Mm -hmm. And if Jews in America still think and call Israel an apartheid state, you know, we could do talking points until we're blue in the face, but it's not going to help us. We need to raise a generation after generation of Jews who understand that you cannot take Zionism out of a Jew, right? Like you can't, you cannot say, oh, I'm a Jew, but I'm not a Zionist. That's like, it's an oxymoron. Or now we have a new movement, you know, people of color. So now we have Jews of color. What does that mean? Am I white? I'm a Jew. Jews are not white. So stop separating us. Stop doing mm -hmm. this. This We're doing it to ourselves. So, so, so I hear, I hear, and I of course know you very well for many years, but, but I also hear uh, a bit of a Russian accent and that Russian accent is because you're a product of the former Soviet union. That's where you were born. Like, like my parents, like my family as well. Uh, and, and one of the things that Russian Jews know very well and is just part of the Russian Jewish ethos. And it's really part of the Russian ethos, which is there are ethnicities, there are groups and Jews are a ethnic group called Jews. Correct. Like there's Tatars and then there's Jews. In uh, my passport, it was my name, right? My date of birth and nationality, Jew. So, you know, it's hard for Russian Jews. For Russian Jews, it's very easy to understand. Right. But in America, you're not taught that you're a peoplehood. And if your skin color happens to be whitish, you're kind of lopped in. When I, when I was a little kid, not a little kid, when I was when I was when I just got to America and first taking standardized tests, I remember that they would be like, are you white Caucasian? And I would be like, other. I always wrote other as a kid. My, I never even asked my parents. I wrote other and I used to write Hebrew Semite. Okay. That was that was that was the way I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not a Caucasian. I don't know anything about the Caucasus. I'm not from the Caucasus. I'm from I'm from Judea, right? Um, but 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 for but but again, back to American Jews, they are taught that Judaism is a religion, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. I had just I just had Shabbat lunch um, with uh, a few young couples, and uh, for them it was a revelation. Revelation. <laughs> Like, oh, Judaism is not a religion? I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, let's let's talk about it. So it's, again, it's a matter of education, but it's also a matter of connecting, right? And that's another reason why Russia, who, who galvanized the community this past May and hosted, uh, you know, pro-Israel rallies when Israel was getting shelled by Hamas rockets, it was, for the most part, was Russian Jews, because we are still very much, we still, we have relatives, we have friends in Israel. We, it's not just something out there. It is very much part of our everyday life. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're not confused. We're not, you know, there's no confusion 
Although, Correct. although I've I've heard that even Russian Jews complain that uh, their children growing up in America uh, have been, uh, and I and I know many strong Zionist, nationalist, conservative American Russian Jews uh, whose children have become um, t- taken up by progressivism, uh, by by and 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 their for the narrative of occupation, apartheid, colonialism, and, and these narratives that are anti-Israel that, that, that are fomented in the progressive world. Listen, nobody's immune to it unless you take a vaccination. I'm sorry. I know it's a controversial term lately. But the way I used to describe Club Z all those years ago is that we are the vaccine. We will help your child understand all these terminologies understand what is what when somebody says from the river to the sea palestine will be free this is a call of genocide this is a call for destruction of the jewish people nothing else right but if a jewish kid goes to a jewish day school and then high school and then a youth movement and all they talk about are you know cherry tomatoes and innovation nation and Great, yes, to all of that, but that's not the conversation they're having on college campus or in their classrooms now in high school and sometimes in middle school. They're having conversations about Edward Said's work of Orientalism, of you know colonialism, white supremacists, like all of these things. And we are the worst parents in the history of the world because we're sending our kids to a battleground naked we don't give them any skills we don't give them any armor we give them nothing we give them like just keep you you know what keep your head down go to hillel for shabbat dinner and come home for you know a seder and it's like that's not gonna work you need to give them tools you need to give them knowledge and the most important you need to create the network you need to create the community so when something happens on one college campus they have a whole bunch of their friends on other college campuses that could help them. Right. Now, where does where does Judaism yes fit into this thing? Like where does Shabbat or 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 um, you know prayer or or the 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 commandments of that we received at Sinai? Like where does that where does that fit into <clears throat> Club Z and, and this moment of uh, of the attack of progressivism? Is that the right word, by the way? Progressivism. Do you agree with that word? Is that the right? But where does Judaism fit into Zionism and the education that Club Z is giving? Do you mean like religious observance and practices? Judaism, you know, like Shabbat. Okay, can we can we uh, like and, and the Shabbat is a great example. Just Shabbat. where does that where does that fit into the ethos of of what you're trying to teach these young people? So the way we approach it is. We are a people, we come from Abraham and, you know, and we have a long line. I have to tell you, we don't do a lot of quote unquote religious education or ritual just because we have such limited time that we, you know, if I had, if I could run the Zionist school, right, (laughs) full-time school, it'll be there. But we do Shabbat dinners. We do Avdallah if we meet on Saturday night. Um, we do, you know, I pick 
sort of skip obscure Jewish holidays, obscure for American Jews, like Tu Bishvat and Lagba Omer, because they're not heavily celebrated here. And that's, and I consider them very Zionist holidays. And so we bring the Jewish ritual that way. Um, very good. Okay, I understand. I understand what you're saying. It's 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 just you know it's uh, I don't I don't how how hard is it for young people out there? Like like tell me about the about the people that the young people that come the teenagers that come to be part of Club Z. Is it is it for them to overcome a hurdle, or have they been looking for an answer and this is the answer that they're looking for, or is there like a is there like a reticence? to now say, yes, I'm a Zionist, I, I am a Jew, I'm a proud Jewish Judean, and I think Jews have, have rights in these places. Well, they get there after they've been to Club Z for a year or two. Mm -hmm. But uh, most of them come because something happened to mm -hmm. them at school, and they're, really? looking for, they're looking for something, they're looking to connect with somebody, or they just they don't want to feel so alone large portion of our kids come from Russian Jewish families and um, we parent differently than American, uh, American Jews or even Israelis. Uh, we don't ask our teenagers if they want to do something. We tell our teenagers that they're going to do something. <laughs> and so that's how a lot of kids come to Club Z and uh, then they stay like our, you know, Pretty much nine out of 10 kids that comes to Club Z because their parents made them, they'll stay. But I'll give you one example. So we made sweatshirts, you know, hoodies. And on the front of a hoodie, we have an image of Israel. It's four inches, you know, just an outline of Israel. And it says Israel on it because I want it to be very clear. Right? And we have a ninth grader that goes, uh, she does rowing. She's on a team for rowing. So... After the practice, she puts on her hoodie, getting ready to leave. And her teammate comes and she goes, oh, is this Israel? Yes. You know, this is a very controversial image. Are you a Zionist? Right? So he was harassing her for months. Wow. Until, yeah. Are you a supremacist? You know, do you, did you know that Israeli soldiers kill Arab babies? You know, practically, we're practically eating Arabs, you know, for, for breakfast. Um, that's what kids are facing. We have another uh, student, she's 11th grader. And in December, her teacher, uh, it was a US history class. And the teacher saying, I quote, I quote to you. Kristallnacht was a battle that spurred, uh, was, no, Kristallnacht was a battle in Germany that spurred American military action in World War II. This is a history class. This is a teacher who is teaching. So, you know, what, is, what does she do? Through a series of various conversations, you know, email demands, uh, she gave a class period to our student to teach them about Holocaust and about Israel, right? And so that's, but that's what kids are facing. It's, it's actually unbelievable. So, Masha, I just want to tell you that uh, on my Facebook page, I have, uh, and we are live also on, on my Facebook page, and I have, uh, I have quite a few anti-Israel anti folks, haters, and I keep them on and I don't get rid of them because I actually want people to see what, what people face. And so right now, this, this uh, recurring 
kind of anti-Israel person named Eva writes, most of you Zios, now this is term Zios, is, is this kind of a funky new term as, in, as though the word Zionist is some kind of negative term for us. So you say Zios, like you're, you're Jerusalemites. Like, okay, <laughs> Zionism is, a, it's a, it's not, there's nothing negative about that. It's like, it's like calling me sweetie. Most of you Zios come from USA, Russia, etc. not Abraham. So there's an immediate denial uh, of, our, of our heritage, of our peoplehood. The Palestinian people are the descendants from Jews in Jesus' time which is a replacement theology type uh, language, which is to say that the Palestinians, which is a very brand new uh, uh, a grouping of, of a, a renamed grouping of, of Arabs today, most of which came in the last hundred years. Now these people are, these people are the real Jews. They're the descendants. So Zios are actually killing their own people. Now, not only that, but there's the blood libel accusation of, of murder uh, against Palestinians, which is simply not true. You know, uh, th- there have been more people killed murdered in in um in inner city detroit than in the whole arab israeli conflict in 2021 meaning to say i just compared that because i happened to look up uh, in my debate and i looked up how many people were being murdered in inner city detroit because i was de- 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 debating this guy ahmed uh, amr zahir in any case this eva is exactly um is exactly the kind of hate and lies and blood libel that young people face and that I face on, on my page. I keep, I keep her stuff uh, and, and other people's stuff like that uh, on my page in order so that people see what we're really facing. And I'm really glad that, uh, that, that Eva took the time to write some more of her hate speech uh, here. Uh, but that's exactly what people are facing. What do you think about what she says? Honestly, I love it. Eva, so let's do this. Yes, let's do a DNA test, right? And test... So who are the who are some of the Arabs that live right now in what we call Palestine? Oh, oops, they're ethnically Jews who've lived there for thousands of years who were then forcibly converted into Islam. But if you look on their homes, they still have holes from mezuzahs. So yes, let's let's yes, Eva, let's talk about that. Also, let's talk about where does the word Palestine comes from? I'm sorry. What? Oh, Arab colonialists who renamed it? Because they couldn't stand the Jews, Eva, sit down. Learn your history, please. Okay, uh, interesting. Um, with regarding to you, you and, and I have. A, a, not, she, you know, she also kind of Palestinians are not Arabs. Yes, traditionally Palestinians are Jews. My grandma was called Palestinian because you know that's what Jews were called until half a second ago. But no, Eva, Arabs are now co-opted and they want to be called Palestinians. I just want to say hi to a lot of my friends that are coming from all over the place. We got Eminence who has the cool Israeli flag. Thank you very much. And we have Stacy who says freezing cold and snowing in Michigan. We have our good friend Erica all the way from Sweden. Erica, I haven't heard from you in a while. God bless you. And Lou says nationalism is a good thing. It was given a bad name by the evil Nazis, but of course Nazis were not nationalists. They were imperialists, right? They wanted to grab land, not to live in their own ancestral land. And so that's a big difference. Uh, Patrice says, hello from Utah. And Yelena says, hello from South Florida with love. Yelena, one of our our folks. God bless you, Yelena. It's good to hear from you. My good friend, Johan Bilu George says, shalom aleichem, Rabbi. It's good to see you guys. It's good to see you. Okay, uh, let's, uh, let's start wrapping up, but 
before we do, let's just talk about the conference. You had some really good uh, folks at the conference. Uh, you had Ryan Belarus, who is a native, uh, Native American, uh, American, what you would call it, but sometimes they call themselves American Indian. Uh, and you also had Yosef Haddad, who's an Israeli Arab or Israeli Christian Arab uh, mm -hmm. speaking. So you had, you had all kinds of folks who, who are coming to a love of Israel and Zionism from different perspectives. Uh, tell me about the conference and how it went and what, what was the highlight? Oh my God, the conference was absolutely amazing. First of all, it was the first time these teens got together in person. You know, we had, we had over 100 teens from all over the country. And uh, it really uh, brought everybody together. So we had Yosef Haddad, who spoke about the fact that he is unabashedly, you know, pro-Israel Arab, who, you know, almost lost his life fighting for his country. Right. And he's very proud of that fact. And he's a living, you know, example of, you know, what what apartheid, what are you talking about? Um, and then we had Ryan Bell Rose from Miti uh, tribe. And it was, you know, I always bring Ryan because he is just who better can explain that Jews are from Judea, that we're an indigenous people that belong to our ancestral homeland than another indigenous person who is still fighting to go back to his ancestral homeland. Right. Um, we also had um, Richard Kemp, which is just an absolute treasure of an ally for the Jewish people. Right, Richard Kemp, uh, of course, British colonel uh, who served in Afghanistan and many other places and writes vociferously uh, for Jewish rights and, and against the apartheid narrative. Uh, he just had an article in Gatestone, a very important article, about the uh, KGB collusion with the Palestinian movement to create the, the apartheid narrative. Very important. Right. And we also had uh, Pastor Dumisani Washington, who wrote a book about blacks in America and Zionism and connection and connection of Israel to Africa and what an important role Israel has played to the various states uh, in Africa. And mm -hmm. so it was just really great for the teens to see all these amazing people who are not even Jews, who are doing their part of stepping up and speaking up and being unafraid. And the whole theme was really, we can't afford anymore to just learn and to be knowledgeable. We need an army of activists. We need an army of advocates who are going to be on the ground, calling out their teachers calling out their classmates, calling out the administrators, um, and being extremely, you know, just being proud of who you are. Being proud of who you are also demands you to be unafraid. And the big theme was, you know, it's time to speak up. And I tell the teens, you have to understand, you are not defending Israel. Israel does not need a little Sam or a little Sarah to defend Israel. Israel can take care of Israel. What you need to understand is that when Israel is attacked, it's the Jews who are getting attacked. So if you consider yourself part of the Jewish people, you have to understand if they could attack you, they will, right? The, the, the hostage synagogue taking, right? They he didn't go anywhere else. He went to the Jews. Right. So it is attack against not Israel. It's attack against the Jews. So have the self-dignity and self-respect to call it out and to defend yourself and defend your brothers and sisters. 
Very good, very good. And also, we have more uh, of our uh, Russian-Jewish connection. We have Zelig Krimko saying, sending love to both of you from the Catskill Mountains. God bless you, my friend Zelig. And Erica from Sweden says, Todai Yishai, so true. I wasn't on the lives, but I've heard all the podcasts. Blessings. God bless you, Erica. And thank you so much for, for being part of it. And I want to thank you so much, Masha, for uh, what you're doing with Club Z. I think it's mucho importante. Okay. And I want everybody to check out clubz.org uh, and uh, start sending your kids or your friends' kids to a movement that will give them their pride back uh, and give them their strength. Of course, together with, you know, it's like it comes together, right? There's like Zionism, there's Judaism. It's all part of a, of a, a pretty complex identity and the fullest name of it all is is Israel. That's like our super name. When we get together uh, and we are part of our land, we're part of our heritage, we, we peel off the shirt and it says Israel, okay? Right. Uh, that's the Jewish people reborn in our land uh, and, a, and, a, and an ancient promise coming true and a peoplehood that has survived through thick and thin and through the Holocaust to be, to be re-embodied in our land in our time. Masha, uh, thank you so much, Club Z. Looking forward to the conference. I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit jealous when I looked at the at the playlist, I was like, "Oh, I wish I was there." Also, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe God will be kind 20, to me. 2023, 2023, right. February 15th through 17th, you're, you're going to be there. You're going to be there. Thank you very much, Masha. Yeah. Keep up the good work. Thank you. All right, folks, you are listening to the Shay Fleischer Show. And there are great folks out there who take uh, steps to be courageous and to get things done. I know you're part of it if you're listening to this show. Uh, and thank you for being for being uh, for being a lover of Israel all over the world, of course, here in Israel, but around the world as well. Thank you so much. Uh, and it's so wonderful to be on this uh, fabulous uh, platform and, and connected to people around the world. Uh, please visit my my coffee page if you want to buy me a cup of, cup of coffee. It's really easy. Uh, it's buymeacoffee.com forward slash Yishai. It's a great way to support the show. Uh, check out our podcast, uh, which is the Yishai Fleischer Israel podcast every single week. And this week, of course, uh, Masha was on, but we'll also have uh, the Torah section uh, so you can get through the Torah portion with lots of interesting laws. And of course, Malka Fleischer uh, will be joining us. So great ladies, great fighters uh, on the show today. Uh, the the catch-all website is yishaifleischer.com. Uh, and it's got everything that you may need. And I want to thank Moshe Herman, Yocheved, Tabitha, Ben Bresky, and Lou uh, for helping the show get out to, to the net waves on the internet and, and connecting with you wherever you are. And of course, we always like to thank Hashem God Almighty for the blessing of being li- of living in this great time uh, of rebirth. And outside of this window right now is beautiful, huge flakes of snow in Judea. Fabulous. Check out on the Facebook page below this program. On a post earlier on, me and Malka in the snow, just having a great time out there. So thank you, Hashem, for, for the great, for the, for, for, you know who's really thanking you, Hashem? The grapevines, because they love the snow, they love the frost. There's going to be great wine from the land of Israel. So, all right, folks, God bless you. Thank you so much. David Zaman says, David Zaman says, great stuff. Thank you, David. And great stuff right back to you. More great stuff is on the way. Stay tuned, stay strong, stay connected. And shalom. All right, folks, we're back here on the Ishai Fleischer Show, and it's season 2022, episode four. And, of course, when we say 2022, we also mean 5782 for the Jewish year. But for the sake of uh, the sake of tracking it, the sake of marking it, we're going to use the uh, English date. In any case, the Torah portion is the Torah portion of Mishpatim, which has a lot, a lot, a lot of information, a lot of commandments. 
And many of these commandments are kind of like the Ten Commandments being spoken out more fully and more particularly. Um, and there's a lot to learn uh, here that's like, it's beyond the scope of, of our show today to, to go through all of it, but there is a lot that we should talk about. Um, and I'm going to talk about one thing which is a little bit philosophical, really. It's actually about the, the case of murder. The Torah says in Parshat Mishpatim, it said, If a person will act willfully or will plan willfully against this fellow, to kill him, with like guile, from my altar you should take him to die. From my altar you should take him to die. What does that mean? One explanation is that, um, that judges should not judge a murder case and capital case and put people to death unless there's actually a uh, temple. And in some deep way, you can understand that. If, if God's presence in this, is in this world, then there's wisdom in this world. This wisdom means that we can judge people correctly. God's wisdom will help us judge correctly. And, and then you can put somebody to death for a wrongful act uh, only if there's a temple extant in our time. That's one of the opinions about, uh, about that verse. Um, another opinion states uh, that explains what does it mean. It, it means that if somebody does, this verse means that if somebody does a, um, a, a, not a, a, a case of murder which is not through negligence, but through malice aforethought, then they could not get, you're not allowed to get the reprieve, uh, this way, the stay of execution that you could get if you hold on to the uh, corners of the altar. If you hold on to the corners of the altar, you're, you can like stay there indefinitely and it's called a, a respite, it's called a uh, uh, sanctuary. So, so if you hold on, now if you are a murderer, a willful murderer, you don't get to use that. Uh, you don't get to use that that privilege. It's not it's not given to you because you killed in cold blood, as we say, and so therefore you cannot use that uh, that uh, privilege of holding on to the corners of the altar. Um, and I want to add a philosophical point to this, which is the following: a murderer can claim, and you hear claims like this all the time. It's part of my nature, or in a more religious context. God created the world like this, and he's the one that made me into a murderer. Moreover, do you think that a life can be lost? Somebody could lose their life if God didn't will it? We have a Mishnah that says that, that, that Hillel saw a skull floating, and he said, you, you drowned others, and so somebody drowned you. And those who drowned you, they will be drowned. And so... Uh, a murderer can claim, listen, there's a God's justice in this world. You don't have to kill me. You don't have to take, uh, uh, you don't have to have legal action against me because instead let God handle these things. And the only reason that the other guy died is because God decided it. So God says, in a case where you can establish that this person had malice aforethought, take him to be killed from my sanctuary. Meaning to say, I want you to enact justice in this world. And not only does it say sanctuary, it actually says, take him from my mizbeach. And from my mizbeach could be from my zavuach. My, I allowed, yes, I allowed in this world people to have freedom. 
And yes, this guy killed this other guy. And maybe there is even a heavenly reason for it. But you people, you, humanity down in this world, you must enact justice. You must have courts of justice. And so if you've identified a guy who's with malice of forethought, you could make a philosophical claim saying, you know, well, it, you know, it's God's world and he decides what's right and wrong and who lives and who dies. And you could say there, there, there shouldn't be any human justice. So God says, no, I expect you to enact human justice this worldly justice and not expect me to do everything i'm telling you i'm giving you the green light that from my sanctuary from my um uh from my altar you could take a guy to be executed i expect you to keep justice in this world so that's that's one important thought and and a similar thought to that but uh for the point of healing comes only a few verses later uh where it says where it says um it says it talks about something else. It says if men quarreled, and a man strikes his fellow with a stone or a fist, and he does not die but falls into bed, if he gets up and goes outside under his own power, the one who struck him is absolved. He has to pay only for the last time for the lost time shall he pay, and he shall certainly heal him. Right, um, meaning to say he can pay for he can pay for the healing, and paying for the healing means paying for doctors. And paying for doctors means that there's a right in this world for doctors to heal. Well, of course there is, right? Well, think about it. Some people say, why should you get involved in healing? That's something that God does. So God says, he shall be healed and you should pay for that healing, meaning to say that I, God, say about doctors, I give them the right to also heal and to fight for life, even though I may have judged that this person in a karmic way should get this punishment, you are definitely allowed to heal him. So just as you're allowed to kill a person who's done a criminal act, so too are you allowed to heal. And so God says, I'm giving you space in this world to enact justice and to heal the sick and to be involved in creation and to be involved in the establishment. And think about those two buildings, the court of justice and the hospital. Those are things that we very much depend on to keep society running smoothly. The hospital and the court. These are two fact these are two um factories, that's not the word I'm looking for. These are two uh, uh machines, uh, institutions that that keep our world on even keel they keep it whole they keep it they keep it moving in the wrong, right direction if not people would be if, if we wouldn't have medicine and trying to heal people then the world would be you know given to the natural forces and the natural forces would run amok God says I give you strength over the natural forces and so too I give you strength over uh, societal forces by having courts of law and this is a very important part of this uh, Torah portion another aspect of, of this Torah portion is is that God said, tells us that he hears prayers. And what kind of prayers and cries out does he hear? Especially those of the widow uh, and the orphan, okay? Uh, he says, All the widows and the orphans, don't, don't, uh, don't cause pain to them. If you, if you, if you hurt him, If he indeed will cry out to me, I will indeed surely hear his cry. And my and my my anger will flare up. I will kill you with the sword. Your wives will be widows. 
and your sons will be orphans. Why does God say this? One is to teach us the importance of, of loving the widow and the orphan. And the other is this very, very important principle that God says, there is a system that I've put into this world. And, and when I have Rav Mike Foyer, he doesn't like when I use this term, but I still think it's an ap- applicable term, which is there's a karmic system in this world. When you do evil, it comes back to you. When you do good, it comes back to you even more. And there's a kindness and uh, that, that is repaid and an evil that is repaid. And if you do, if you hurt my uh, widows and my orphans, then that's exactly what's going to come to you and you're going to feel that pain. And so uh, be, be aware of the system uh, in this world that, that, is, that is, it's karmic. That's, that's the way the world works. And that's why uh, uh, Hillel, the uh, great rabbi, said to the guy who came to him, and said, can you teach me Torah on one foot? He says, don't do others what you want, you wouldn't want done unto you. That's a very basic principle, which is if you do unto others what you don't want to be done unto you, that's exactly what's going to happen to you, uh, and vice versa. And another good way of thinking about it is do unto others what you would like to have things done unto you. Think about, the, uh, uh, think about creating a world which you would like for yourself, and that will be created around you. Um, and there's so much more in this incredible Torah portion. Another uh, verse that I think is very important, it says, uh, and this is verse, chapter 22, verse 27. Elohim lo tekalel. Do not curse a judge. V'nasi ba'amcha lo ta'or. And a leader amongst your people you shall not curse. So on the one hand, I'm like, oh my God, the Jews, we are constantly giving our leaders such a hard time. That's a mistake. And on the other hand, it says, uh, the rabbis explain when you say a, a leader amongst your people you should not curse it should be a nasi who does a leader who does ma'ase amcha he does the um, actions of your peoplehood if he does stuff outside of your peoplehood if he does like for example tries to give away the land of Israel to, to your enemies uh, then then he you can, you are much more free to curse him uh, but if he's one of your people, one of your good people, be careful how you speak about him in public. Uh, let's keep going. Uh, there's, as I said before, there's a lot. Uh, for example, it says uh, about 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 kosher food. It says, uh, you know, you shall shall eat kosher food. You're not allowed to eat something like that, that died in the field. So God says, Vanshe kodesh tiuli, be for me a holy people. You shall not eat flesh of an animal that was torn in the field. To the dog you shall throw it. You're a human being, a high human being, and I want you to be holy unto me. The thing that should eat a, a dead animal in the field, that's a dog. Okay, there's a place for that. There's a place for uh, uh, things to be eaten uh, th- that have died. There's, there's, there's levels of things, but you're not on that level. I want you to know to distinguish between levels. And yes, a dog's life is also important. And also the eating of that animal should not be wasted. There's a dog that should eat it, but you shall not eat it. And at the same time, don't think that just because you're holy, then your dog should be perfectly holy. No. Remember that there are levels of things, and I've set out the world with levels, and you're a certain level. You need to be a holy people unto me. This Torah portion also has uh, reiteration of the uh, mitzvah to come up to Jerusalem three times a year. Shalosh pamim b'shana yira'e kol zechuchat pnei Adon Adonai. Three times a year shall all of your male folks see the face 
uh, of the uh, Lord Hashem. Um, very powerful thing. And then, and then Hashem says to us, He says, "I'm sending." I'm sending an angel before you to protect you on the way and to bring you to the place which I have prepared. Be, be, um, hearken, beware of him, hearken to his voice, do not rebel against him, for he will not forgive your willful sin, for my name is within him. And then Hashem says, uh, that the angel is going to go in front of us and destroy those nations that want to uh, stop us. When you get there, don't do like they did. You should destroy their their uh, their practices and you shall smash their pillars. Smash their pillars. Um, and if you do that, you shall serve Hashem your God. He will bless your bread and your water, and I'll get rid of all sickness from within you. You understand how, how central this uh, Torah portion is. And uh, he also lays out the borders of the big borders of the land of Israel. I will make you set your borders from the Sea of Reeds to the Sea of the Philistines, that's the Mediterranean, so from the Red Sea to the Mediterranean, and from the desert, probably the Sinai Desert or the or the Saudi Desert, more likely the Saudi Desert, excuse the, the Sinai Desert, Ad until the river, that's the Euphrates. I will give those the dwellers of the land in your hand. You got to get rid of them from before you. Do not make a covenant with them or with their gods. They shall not sit in your land. For they will bring you to sin. Me to, they will make you sin to me, to God. Because you'll end up serving their gods. And it'll be a snare for you. Uh, so Akash Baruch Hu tells us to be very careful not to let the people of the land... Um, um, sway you towards their ways. Much better to get rid of them. Do not cut uh, any deals with them because when you cut deals with them, you end up cutting deals with their God as well, right? And and that's 100% true. Look at today uh, with the Palestinians and uh, we've cut deals with them, given them chunk, chunks of our land and then we also allow their uh, uh, worship to take place in the land and this worship is one which is, now some people say it's not idolatrous, but on the other hand, there's a death cult there. And that death cult is uh, one that is uh, anti-Jewish, anti-God of Israel, and anti-life. And so the Torah knows what it's talking about. And finally, in the Torah portion, right towards the end, it talks about how uh, Moshe, Aaron, Nadav, and Avihu, and the 70 elders uh, came close to Mount Sinai, and they saw something, a vision of God. They saw God of Israel, and under his feet was something made of white sapphire, and it was like the essence of of the heaven in purity. Um, and God uh, allowed them to see him on that level. And it says, against the great men of the children of Israel, he did not stretch out his hand. They saw God and they ate and drank. And some people say that this was indeed, they were going to get a punishment later on for looking too familiarly uh, at God. That, that's, that's such, a, such a, 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 a tight problem that we have, which is on the one hand, the greatest men also peer at God too closely. 
and they could get punished for that. May Hashem help us find the, the, the right balance of looking at God, knowing to do His will, not being overly familiar with the enemies of Israel. Uh, wait, how do I want to say this? I want, I want to pose this dichotomy. With the folks that we're supposed to be less familiar with, we're too familiar, and with which is the enemies of Israel, and with the thing that we're supposed to be less familiar with and more treat treat with awe and reverence, which is God, we are too familiar. Wait, is that is that the opposite there? I guess... Right. We, I guess we're too familiar with, with both of those things, uh, and we should push back against that kind of familiar, familiarity. We, shouldn't, we should not allow uh, uh, the other names of gods, the, other, the, other, the competitors to the God of Israel, to be present in this small land. He doesn't want you to, to go around the world attacking it, but in this small land, he wants you to give him the space to be liberal with our God. Uh, and at the same time, while we give him the space to be here, we have to be careful about how we treat his honor. The Torah portion is Mishpatim, and it's been a pleasure to be uh, with you here on the Land of Israel Network, uh, the Shai Fleischer Show. I want to thank Yochevet Seidman, Moshe Herman, Ben Bresky, Tabitha, and Lou for being part of the show. I want to thank my guest Masha and Malka, uh, Malka Fleischer and Masha from Club Z for being on the show with me today. I want to urge you to please visit my website, yishaifleischer.com, check out the articles, videos, uh, and other podcasts, uh, and also go to, uh, if you want to donate to some of our big projects, then just go to eshaifleisher.com and hit the donate page there. It makes a big difference. Uh, and if you want to make a small donation to be part of the show uh, and to help, you can make it into a big donation by buying a lot of coffee, and some people do that, but you go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash yeshai, and your support makes a huge difference. I'm looking out at the beautiful snow over the land of Israel, and there's a lot of fog. There's a cloud over this land right now. And that cloud is the cloud of revelation. As I said before, you can't be too familiar with God. Uh, and he keeps himself at, at, at a bit of a distance. At the same time, he is revealing himself through the return of the Jewish people to the land of Israel. And you are a part of it wherever you are. Remember that. Believe that. You are part of a great time uh, and a great return and a great moment and a great blessing and a great revelation. So God bless you. Thank you very much. Write me an email, Yishai at Yishaifleischer.com. Please, God, help me get my back my IQ points after COVID. Well, let's all of us become a little bit smarter and a little bit more ready to come to the land of Israel as the borders open up. We all miss you and love you around here. And may Hashem open up his borders to his Temple Mount and to his third temple. God bless you. Stay tuned, stay connected, stay strong, and shalom. Choose wisely what we plant in our minds. Choose life and let's make this week a work of art. It's why we're here. Last week on the Land of Israel Fellowship, we discussed the Judean Inner Ways, the biblical GPS system for your soul. In the name of this fellowship and in the name of all of Israel, as a testimony to the power you have invested in this global community, trying to fulfill your vision of a house of prayer for all nations, for all believers, Join Jeremy Gimpel and Arya Bromowitz for this exclusive study group live every Sunday on Zoom. To join the Land of Israel Fellowship, click on thelandofisrael.com slash fellowship.